All right. We are live. What's up, Dan? What's up? All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dudes Doing Movies. Um, We got a good one today. Dan, you want to tell them what we're doing? Yeah, we're uh, we're doing the thing. John Carpenter's maybe best movie. It's up there. I mean, I feel like you've seen more John Carpenter flicks overall than I have, but it's definitely my favorite one out of everything I've seen. Yeah, going through the list of uh, movies that he's done, I think I've seen almost every single one. Um, Before we get started, though, we do want to, uh, first of all, shout out to uh, the From Within Records podcast network. Um, Shout out to Sig. We will do a Matrix episode one day and Sig will come on. He's told me specifically, it's funny because Dan, remember we were texting about that earlier today? Yeah. Dan specific or uh Sig specifically was like, do a Matrix episode so I can come on. So I told him we will and he will be on. Um uh Dan, what's up? You you made an Instagram for us. Tell tell us tell everybody about the Instagram. Yeah, so uh there's a Instagram and email. The Instagram is at dudes doing movies. The email is just dudes doing movies at gmail. Send us messages, follow us, fucking email us. We'll do a mailbag episode eventually if people uh, send in questions or want to talk shit or just whatever. General yeah. convo shit. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, start sending stuff now. We're going to do a a mailbag episode eventually. Um, you can ask us about movies or music or what liter- or literally whatever. Who cares? You can talk shit. Yeah, whatever. Um. Or if you have any requests for movies you really want to see us do, we'll take that too. Email or Instagram, hit us up. Yeah, but- send us requests. I would love to to do like requested episodes, even if it's something that I've seen or haven't seen, whatever. I think that would be a lot of fun, a cool way to engage with people. Yeah, I think it'll get us out of our comfort zone too and uh, get us to check out some new shit that maybe we wouldn't think to do. Yeah, uh, another thing too uh, – after we do the thing and then another movie for next week, we're going to start doing some real dog shit movies. I feel like we've been treating ourselves to straight up good flicks only. Yeah. um, I'll say this too. The first dog shit movie that we're going to do is a movie that for some reason everybody fucking loves. And I think it's the worst piece of shit movie ever that has some strange fandom for some reason. So it might not be objectively. I mean, nothing's objectively dog shit, I guess, but. We do have the me and you do have the best taste in movies in the world, and everyone else is stupid. So if they don't agree with us, that's they're stupid. See, I haven't seen the movie that we're talking about yet, so I'm excited to maybe like it and see how that goes. We'll see. Um, anyways, um, was there anything you saw recently? Any movies, trailers, news, whatever? Anything that you wanted to talk about before we jump into the movie? I haven't seen any movies recently besides the thing, but um, did watch The Last of Us. New episode was awesome. I don't think you've seen it yet. No. So I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it was fucking pretty ill. Yeah. Uh, I'm waiting for my girlfriend to get home from Texas. She's there visiting her brother right now. And uh, when she gets back, we're going to watch it. I need to watch Mando also. Yeah, me too. I totally forgot to. Uh, as far as trailers go, I saw a remake of Children of the Corn. Apparently, this trailer is old. I had no idea this movie even existed. 
apparently it came out three years ago. Uh, and it looks like fucking dog shit. I mean, the original movie isn't really great by any stretch of the means, but like, I liked it when I was a kid. So there's that fun nostalgia factor for it. Okay. It's probably one of the better Stephen King live action movies of the eighties or seventies, whenever it came out. I can't imagine that it's like, I just like what's, what's scary about little kids in a cornfield brother. Well, have you seen the original or read the book? No, it's like campy and like, it's fun, but it, I don't know. It, when you look at it through like a 2023 lens, the movie and the story definitely is just not scary anymore. Yeah. So I'm probably going to watch the remake at some point this week and just <laughs> do a report back on that because I, I'm curious to see how bad it is based on the trailer alone. Yeah, you should let and let us know next episode. Um, I uh, I watched so I watched Creed three, pretty bomb. Had I'm gonna nice, see it tomorrow. Nice, nice. I had a nice solo theater day. I went, watched it. Um, I got to the movies right. I got to the theater and there was like a little kid who was just like being an absolute menace, like literally crawling up and down on like the on like the counter of like the snacks where like. You know, you like, hey, <laughs> the, the fucking concession person on the other side. You know, I was just like, holy fuck, man. Like, it was literally like screaming. I was like, this kid is fucking unhinged, bro. And then I get in the theater and the and that kid and his parents come down and sit down directly next to me. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, man. Uh, that's so fucking I, demonic. I looked on, I went like on Fandango and I looked to see what seats, like I went as if I was going to buy a ticket and check to see what seats were still available. And uh, I moved to another one and then some dude sits down next to me and he literally takes out his phone. Like as the movie's starting, he's just watching a soccer game on his phone. Like, <laughs> and I was like, there's just, there's just no winning here. And then Is it uh, the world cup. I, dude, I have fucking no idea. This is dude. If you know, email us at dudes, yeah. movies at gmail.com. Let us know if it was the world cup. He's doing soccer, bro. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so eventually I, I did find another seat. I, I moved multiple times and then settled into a good seat, but it was good. It was better than the second one and on par with the first one, I think. So, all right. Um, and then I'm gonna uh, see it tomorrow morning. I, I'm, I'm like, my goal is to wake up at 8 a.m., take a shower, go to the movie theater, be there by 9 30, see Creep 3. Let's go. Um, we'll discuss what you thought of it next episode a little bit then. Yeah. And, uh, and then I watched Prometheus last night just because we were talking about it when we did the alien episode and I was walking home yesterday and I walked by the spot like in the Italian market that was just sell- selling like a bunch of Blu-rays out front for like $3. And I looked through them and it was like mostly crap. And then Prometheus was there and I was just like, I, you know, we just talked about this and I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters. So I picked it up and I watched it and it was good. And then I talked to Kevin from Sea to Pain who fucking loves that movie. And he was like, dude, you got to look up the YouTube shit about like the scenes, like the deleted scenes and like all the fuck. Have you ever seen any of this stuff? Like the deleted scenes and like, and like what's in the deleted scenes. Cause I, I have the DVD and I think it has like uh, the director's cut or whatever, the extended cut. And I think those are like put into the, the movie. It's like a bunch of shit that just like expounds on things. And then apparently there's like the scene where they get, where like they finally take, old man Wayland to meet the engineer and uh 
Michael Fassbender, the David robot, is talking to the engineer. You don't really know what they're saying to each other, but apparently in the original script, there's like there's like supposed to be um subtitles so you understand what they're saying to each other. And even in just like a super brief exchange, there's like a there's like I don't know. It just expands the whole mythology of alien and shit. The movie, but even without that, the movie was. St- I still was like, yeah, this this movie's fucking good. The scene where old man Whalen gets murked is so sick, dude. Thank God, annoying fuck. I gotta dude. rewatch Prometheus, man. I I liked it. I've seen it a couple of times, like probably like three or four times. I saw it in theaters. The old man prosthetics on him are the worst part of the movie. Oh, they're so funny. They're worse than like the jackass when they put like Johnny Knoxville like. As an old man for like bad grandpa, <laughs> those old man prosthetics are way better than the one in fucking Prometheus. That's the worst thing about the whole movie to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, it's kind of crazy too because I remember a lot of the effects in Prometheus looking pretty crazy, like the scene where the dude's face is melting and he's turning into like a, a zombie or whatever. Yeah, like I remember that scene looking pretty crazy and in a cool way. Yeah, uh, I remember the the engineer looking dope and like the weird squid monster looking pretty sick too. Even though that was CGI, it all looks pretty good except for the fucking. That's what I'm saying. It's like the one thing that they couldn't get right, and it's just like, dude, they could do it in Jackass, and you guys couldn't figure it out for fucking Prometheus. Like what? It is Michael Fassbender in the the old man skin, right? Is it? I don't know. I didn't pick up on that. If it was. I thought it was because he was supposed to be David, but whatever. I don't know. I got to rewatch the movie. Yeah. But um, other than that, I'm trying to think of what, what we talked about. Some or we talked about the, the fucking the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trailer. It looks all right, dude. Honestly, I saw it and I was like, all right, I'm ready to fucking shit all over this. Fuck this bullshit. And I fucking turned it on. And as it's starting, I'm like, all right. We got fucking Seth Rogen doing a fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles version of the fucking Spider-Verse movie. Is this what this is, really? And then I, and then I like, by the end of the trailer, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see that. That might be good. It looks, my, my issue is never going to go away with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at this point in time, but it just looks so kid-friendly. And I, yeah. I, it has to be. Yeah. They, That's they, just my own gripe. You know, a fucking R-rated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? But that's what the comic was. Uh, no, it's not that R-rated. I don't know, man. The OG comic, the black and white shit is pretty pretty dope, but I don't know. I There's a way that a kid-friendly movie can be appealing towards adults, but yeah, it, honestly, it probably won't be dope. that bad. Yeah, we'll see. Um. Anyway, so let's. Let, you want to jump into the fucking movie, or you got anything else you want to touch on? Bro, that one trailer that we watched, glorious. Holy shit. Yeah, I forgot. We were it looks both, awesome. Dude, dude, we were watching that and we were like, what the fuck? Turns out, the I looked it up and it said the movie was already, the, the movie's already out. What? Yeah, it's a movie. It came out like a year ago, but I guess it was like a Shudder. It was like streaming exclusively on Shudder. Dude, I gotta watch this. It looks fucking, it looked honestly dope. Yeah, it did. It looked pretty interesting. I'm gonna be honest. I read the Wikipedia plot synopsis. So, oh, you saw the movie essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it seems pretty funny and like over the top and outrageous. So, oh no shit! This came out 
last year when oh august what the fuck man i mean yeah i, I need like, to watch this i like anything with jk simmons in it he's fucking awesome what's his best movie whiplash uh yeah i mean objectively whiplash maybe yeah. spider-man no nah, whiplash i mean whiplash is a fucking great movie i love he's barely in it but his character in burn after reading is so good too oh what did we accomplish yeah. nothing <laughs> so good dude <laughs> we gotta do burn after reading because i think i like that movie way more than you do are you dude i love that movie it's one of my probably top three coen brothers movies for me yeah it's a that's a great fucking flick um we'll we'll save it we'll save it for the yeah. burn after reading special yeah let's uh all right let's let's jump into uh let's jump into the thing bro um so 1982 john carpenter um you you can you can kind of lead the dance on this one because you're i love i love this movie but you're definitely a bigger thing head than i so i mean like it, first of all it's so insane that this movie is 41 years old yeah it looks in like all the practical effects look crazy literally yeah. all of them are like so psychotic looking still every everything it looks so real still i just watched this movie a couple of months ago too and i rewatched it the other day just for the pod and like it just gets better on repeated viewings yeah i mean obviously i know it's 1982 but you really like just saying it that way putting it into context like it being fucking 41 years old is so crazy um i read a bunch of stuff so i i i watched the movie pretty recently so i didn't do a rewatch for it but instead i did like a bunch of like research on the movie and just okay. like looked into a bunch of stuff about it that i you know found some interesting shit and like i read all this stuff about how it it was like the biggest box office flop ever. And like the next movie that John Carpenter did after that, I forget what they said it was, but it was like, it's like a movie that people were just like, that's weird that that's a John Carpenter movie. Cause that's not like his shit. And he did it literally just to like compensate for how, like to make money. Cause he was like desperate for money because of how fucking poorly the thing performed. Oh yeah. Um, he did Christine. The That's what it was. Stephen yeah, King did. movie. Yeah. That's uh, what it was. Christine's awesome. I don't know anything about it. I know zero about it. But um yeah, it uh it, it was cool too to like think about that movie coming out two weeks after E.T. Um, which obviously E.T. <laughs> two alien movies. Yeah, and that's like a big <laughs> it was just like I read all this stuff and saw all this stuff where they were just like, yo, man, like this movie tanked because E.T. came out. And people were like, oh, yay, the alien movie. And they saw it and they were like, wow, that was nice and fun and made us feel good. And then like two weeks later, the thing came out and they were like, holy fuck, man, that was like that was fucking disturbing and fucking crazy. So, I mean, we're talking about how well the practical effects hold up 41 years later. Like, I can't fucking imagine. You know what? Like the whole the first like, holy fuck moment for me is when the dog's like face splits open and yeah that fucking... is so insane and ima like imagine seeing that in 1982 i mean i saw this movie my mom let me watch this movie i i vividly remember this it was during like sec i was in second or third grade we had a snowstorm 
and it was on like AMC or sci-fi and it was like right when the Norwegians are trying to snipe the dog. Yeah. And I watched the movie with my mom and I was definitely way too young. So all the shit freaked me out and it like stuck with me. See it again while I'm a teenager and I'm like, holy shit, this movie is like perfect. And yeah. I feel like for me, it's what I want from a horror movie. We talked about Alien and how that's a cool blend of sci-fi and horror. This is just straight up a, a thriller and horror. You know, the first pretty much half of the most of the movie is a guess who. Like who who is who's assimilated, who's human, you know, and you're wondering like, well, there's all this weird shit going on between all the characters. Who who could it be? Yeah. It it really is the OG among us. Yeah, and that's what I like love <clears throat> that as like a sci-fi. That's like one of my favorite sci-fi tropes. The like one of you motherfuckers is an alien and you're blending in with us. And, you know, it's been done before in other, you know, movies and st like a million movies. I recently watched uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, too, which is like, you know, same same kind of vibe. And that's which honestly, one did you watch uh, the 1973. Is it 73? I'll tell that's I'll the one that's in color, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's probably like the best one. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'll tell you right now which one I watched. Um, yeah, it was I I believe it was the 1973 one, but uh, yeah, so similar similar vibe and like, you know, um, just like that whole trope of, like like I said, you know, se sorry, 78, not 73, my fault, <laughs> but yeah, the, the 70s one, whatever, um. Yeah, that whole that that's like one of my favorite sci-fi tropes ever is like, you know, there's like an alien here. It's like taking like an Agatha Christie murder who done it and and it's like the sci-fi version, you know? And it goes back to one of my favorite examples of that um is Twilight Zone. I don't know if you're a Twilight Zone head. Yeah, I've seen a decent amount, but I love I love OG Twilight Zone and uh there's an episode where there's like the people on the street are all like accusing each other of being aliens and like it's like on the cul-de-sac and oh I had to watch that in like high school for uh, a history class I don't remember why it was probably something about the Cold War yeah I mean I think it's an I think it's an allegory for like the, the Red, Red Scare, Scare right yeah which um, is also part of a a huge part of the thing yeah yeah um. But yeah, that trope is cool, and this is definitely my favorite thing that I've ever seen that does it. And um, the tension just is so crazy high the whole time, and it's like it's so it's so fucking cool to watch just like these fucking guys like just descend into like absolute madness, and like that is like almost it hits the point where that almost becomes more of a threat than like you know, than the actual alien does, which is like a cool concept. Yeah, I had that in my notes here that there's a good couple of injuries or kills from the crew itself rather than the thing. Yeah. I mean, and I think that that lends into the, the overall theme of the Cold War, the Red Scare, all that. And I think it's handled in such a way that you can watch this movie and not even realize 
that that's uh an undertone to the movie yeah um i mean i don't know how you could it seems pretty obvious but maybe it is know. but i i think that people just watching are like oh wow that's crazy you know and can consume it as somewhat of a a popcorn flick and not look until i don't know like more of a social commentary thematic narrative uh thematic analysis and like the social commentary especially what was happening in the early 80s and late 70s like there's so much in the movie too that like they even like talk about it like they're so isolated and the norwegian dudes show up they don't even know they're norwegian they go oh are we at war with the swedes now yeah yeah like it's meant to be a joke but it comes across in like a different context when you put it when you look at it in the historical aspect yeah, very much so. And I mean, it also contributes, like you said, like it really just shows how fucking isolated these guys are. Yeah, they had no idea what was going on. I also I love the scene of them just being totally shocked at what's going on. Just why are the why is this dog running away from this helicopter? And you see why in the the 2011 the thing prequel. I wish they didn't call it the thing, but I don't, I, have you seen it, the prequel? I haven't seen the prequel, and I also haven't seen the original 50s one. The 50s one is cool. It's just a, a 50s movie. That pretty much is all it is to it. But um, the prequel has cool ideas and aspects to it, but the CGI, I think, ruins it entirely. Yeah, I mean... You get to see how things... Like, when they go to the base, and you see the, the creature, like on the table destroyed and like why it's all fucked up and how they found the alien ship. And you get to see all that in the prequel, but you know, as I get older and I, I rewatch the thing more, I like the, the mystery and the mystique that John Carpenter originally had. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. And you know, in this is just another way that you can kind of put this movie side by side with alien because they're so fucking, you know, they're so similar in a lot of ways, but the much like how Alien, there there's a a million you know sequels and prequels and things that expand on the Alien mythology and like some of it's good and some of it's not. But like regardless, you don't really need any of it. Alien just on its own is just an awesome movie, and I feel that way about the thing too. It's like I know there's the video game that came out that's a sequel. There's the prequel movie. There's some comics and stuff that like, but like. I don't know. I don't really need any of that. And like, I'll say this about the comics. Um, there's the dark horse run mm-hmm. that John Carpenter himself said, if he was to make a thing sequel, that's what he would base the story off of. Oh, I mean, that's pretty cool. So there, there is some merit to the additional lore, I guess you could say, like, especially the comics. I, I read some of the dark horse run. I never finished it, but you do find out, who is infected and who isn't at the end of the movie. Um, another thing to bring up too is you, I don't know if you've seen any of these movies, but this is part of John Carpenter's apocalypse trilogy. What are the other ones? Cause you mentioned that to me and I didn't know what that, I, I was like, I didn't, I didn't know anything about that. So it's kind of funny. Cause the thing is like years before it goes, the thing Prince of darkness and in the mouth of madness and they are they're all kind of like focused around hp lovecraftian s core because the thing is just straight up cosmic horror yeah just 
You don't even know what it fucking looks like. You have no idea what the creature is. Yeah. Like, you have no idea what the original form looks like. Even when Wilford Brimley at the end of the movie turns into like a huge fucking monster, you're like, oh, I don't even know if that was the OG form of it. Yeah. It's so far. So I know it's when I watched that movie, I was just like, wait a minute. Is that the fucking guy from the diabetes commercials? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I had like no idea that that dude was an actor. I just thought he was the diabetes man. No, dude, the scene where he's fucking shit up in the control room is so sick. Dude, yeah, where he's, like, losing his fucking mind, just, like, has, like, a psychotic break and just starts sabotaging everything. Another another thing about this movie that relates to Wilford Brimley, too, is there's some, like, genuinely funny moments in this movie. Yeah. The scene where, right in the beginning, where Kurt Russell Mack is playing chess with the fucking computer... He just pours the alcohol on it, goes cheating, bitch. Yeah. Got to your line. Dude, uh, my, Mac my has favorite, a flamethrower. Dude, yeah. Anytime he's rocking. There was a lot of moments in this movie. I actually made a note of this. That there were a lot of this. Like, this movie's not comedic. It's a horror movie. But there were a lot of parts that I laughed out loud at, but not in a bad way. And, like, usually I feel like you laughing out loud at a horror movie is, like, an indictment of the movie not being very good. But I laughed out loud a lot of times, just in not like a that's hilarious way, but just laughing at like, holy fuck, man. Just like, you know what I mean? Just like seeing something happen and just laughing because it's just like so insane, you know? McCready's hat. Don't know what the deal with it is. I <laughs> fuck with the hat, though. <laughs> dude, it's awesome. <laughs> the hat's um, fucking sick. The scene with Wilford Brimley where he's dude. locked up in the shed. The noose. You could just see the noose in the corner. He's like, I'd like to come out now. Yeah, dude, insane. <laughs> just being like, I'm normal, guys. Come on, just let me out. <laughs> uh, the part where like the head sprouts the spider legs and starts crawling away, and they turn around, and the dude just like he's not like, oh shit, he's just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Oh, like, I, that that scene alone, that's my favorite part of the whole movie. One of the most iconic pieces of any horror movie is the. The resuscitation scene where the, yeah. the stomach opens, chops down the dude's arms. Dude, another insane parallel between Alien and uh, and the thing is that like the iconic scene where the monster like just fucking starts murking and like or not starts murking an alien, but the iconic scene where you really see this like growth of the monster is like taking place with like one of the dudes laying on the table all fucked up and everyone's trying to fucking save him standing around him. <laughs> Yeah, fake the heart attack. Yeah. So crazy. The I love this movie. I could I can go on for so long about it. I mean, there's so many iconic things in this movie that pop culture has referenced too. Yeah. Which is so which goes back to what you're saying. Like this movie being a flop is so funny. It's like the was it Futurama meme of you don't like this, but your kids will love it. Yeah. Or no, uh Back to the Future. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Martin Yeah, the Back to the Future shit. Literally. That's literally what happened with this movie. Like the Dude, yeah. the blood serum test. That's uh, iconic. I was actually going to ask you what your favorite scene in the movie was. That's that's mine. When he like heats up the copper wire and and they're pressing it to everybody's blood samples. Dude, that the tension in that scene is just so crazy, man. So what do you think the first time that you watched it? As far as what? As far as like who was I expecting? Like that scene goes. Like what what did you expect? Like did you know that there would be like a reaction. No, I had no idea what was going to happen. And that was why it was like, so cool. I mean, I figured that something was that 
somebody, he was going to touch the copper wire to their blood and they were going to freak out. But I didn't know specifically what to expect, you know? The the practical effect, too, of the blood kind of moving away. Yeah. From the, the wire, too. It looks really sick. Like, and the then the dude effect. starts transforming on the couch and it looks really, it looks crazy. It looks so insane. Yeah. I, uh, I watched a video of them talking about how they made the, how they did the practical effects for the scene for the, the resuscitation scene. And they were talking about how they literally hired a dude who had no arms, like a dude who had lost both his arms from the elbows down in an accident. <laughs> and they, oh my God. And they made, uh, they made forearms and hands out of jello, like literal gelatin and stuck them on, glued them onto his arms and then had him actually jam the jello hands down into like the 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 like stomach opening up with like the sharp teeth is like it's real it's like a like a hydraulic machine and have him stick his hands in there and then it bites down on these jello arms that have these like fake arteries full of blood that are like tense so that when when he pulls in and it rips out the jello the blood splatters everywhere and they said they did a mold of the actual actor's face the the doctor and just like made like a rubber mask of it and put it on that dude's face. I, this is what I was talking about earlier with CGI. Like you don't get, you just don't get shit like that now. And everything looks fake, but there's like, I think the, the practical effects in this movie look pretty realistic. Dude, they're they They look so fucking good. And I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, when you look up stuff about the thing and you watch the thing and you hear people talk about it, Mostly what people think of and love it, love about it is the practical effects, which is why it's so crazy to me that like as good as, you know, pe- some people say that the uh, 2011 prequel is, it's like you took the most beloved thing about the movie and got rid of it and replaced it with CGI. You know what I mean? And that's kind of partially why my, my motivation to watch it is kind of low for that reason alone. I think the the prequel has cool parts to it. I, it's probably like a, a straight up two and a half stars for me on, on Letterboxd if I went back and rewatched it. Just because I love the original so much that there there is aspects of it that, you know, they do pay homage to this movie in a, a respectful way. But I wonder if like the studio kind of like said like, no, we're not doing practical effects. We don't have the budget for that. We're going straight up CGI. I mean, it is cheaper to just do that, but you lose the charm. Yeah, you 100%. You lo- it loses all the character. Um, In this movie, the, the thing is like, because you don't know what it looks like and the way that the practical effects are, every time that it's doing something fucked up on screen, you remember it. Yeah. It doesn't I'm... look wrong. It doesn't look weird or anything. It looks like, I don't even know how to describe what some of the the forms are that it takes besides the spider head because it, they they got really creative with it with yeah. what they had. I mean, that's part of the Lovecraft like horror element, you know? You're like looking at this this thing and you're just like, yo, what the fuck is like this is horrifying and I can't even make heads or tails of what it is, you know? Like the thing is such an apt name for the movie cuz it's just like I feel like it becomes so much less scary if you really can be like, oh, it's this. You know what I mean? It's that. But, like, not even, like, where it takes, like, you know, where they do, like, the Jaws or Alien approach where, like, 
they show you a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time. And then they finally reveal it. It's like, dude, they can just full on reveal this thing. And it's still so fucking scary. Cause like, you don't have any fucking idea what you're looking at. You don't know how to explain it. Even like when the dogs, the closest thing I can get, like when the dog's head peels back and it like kind of looks like a flower, I guess. I, I, I don't know what, what I'm even looking at. It's just like, and then it grows like, like, I don't know, like spider legs. Yeah, it's insane. It, yeah, it really. <laughs> I would. I. I wish that there was a full on. I wonder if there is a full on documentary of what went into the practical effects. I. I feel like John Carpenter probably was just like, nah, we don't need that. But, I mean, I feel like if you boot up the delete the. I feel like the stuff that I saw where they were talking about the making the. Uh, the arms out of jello and making the hydraulic machine and shit. That's that definitely, I feel like was from the deleted scenes on the DVD. So I'm sure you could just pop that in and it would be there. Yeah, that's true. Dude, this movie is phenomenal. I, I know we didn't say it up front, but this is a five out of five for me. I'm trying to think of what I gave it. I'm trying to pull it up right now. This uh, is a movie I go back to. I don't even fucking know. Like once every couple of years, but it's I a quick it- watch too. I gave it four and a half out of five. Um, I don't know. I don't remember why I didn't give it five, but I mean, it's 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 an it's an all timer. I mean, yeah, it's one hundred and nine minutes, so it's like it's almost two hours, but it really doesn't feel like it's almost two hours when you watch it. It really flies by. The pacing of the movie is so fucking good. The pacing's incredible, and any scene that Kurt Russell, Keith David, and Wilford Brimley are on screen, they steal the show. Yeah, Kurt Russell is. God tier in this movie. Keith David is God tier as Childs in this movie. Yeah. Dude, it's like, it's cool too, because like with a movie like this, you need, they show us stuff and they show us all the chaos, but then they also take time to build up tension, you know? And I feel like you have to have the perfect balance. If it's just like not enough tension building, then the chaos doesn't really have feel like it has the same weight. But if it's not enough, if it's too much tension building, then it's just like it gets boring. It doesn't hold your attention as well, you know. And um, the payoffs come up what like every twenty minutes or so, dude. I've, you get it, like it feels a little like, beat, a little bit of the thing doing its bullshit. Yeah, it feels like more than that though. You know, like it really the it's the perfect balance. Did you did you look up anything about the game? Because I actually played it. Uh, I just saw that it's like a survival horror game that is a direct sequel. The game is like kind of fine. I remember I, <laughs> I, I bought it from the Pirate Bay in oh, no. fucking 2010 or 11. Like I was just going back and emulating shit on my old desktop, and I played it, and there, it's like kind of cool. You play as like a government agent, essentially going to clean up the mess and see what happened. But there's a cool mechanic in the game where uh, you ha- you get to find, like, random people around, like, the lab. Mm-hmm. And you get to recruit them into your squad. And you have to, like, kind of manage their fear levels. If they go too high, they could turn against you or they could turn into the thing and become infected and start, like, killing each other and shit. The story for the the... The game is kind of stupid. I think they were trying to do like Resident Evil Code Veronica kind yeah. of shit with it. But Kurt Russell's in it for four seconds. I think that's cool. Kurt, <laughs> so Kurt Russell is in like 
a good handful of John Carpenter movies. And I feel like he's so good in this movie. And like, I can't think of really off the top of my head. When I think of Kurt Russell, like I know he's like an actor, you know, and like a good actor, but like, I can't really think of like movies that Kurt Russell's been in. Like besides really, you know, these fucking, these fucking John Carpenter movies. And so it really, I feel like, these movies are like that's like his shit you know what i mean that's like his the big a big part of like his legacy is like an actor in like movies that have fandoms you know what i mean escape from new york the thing and big trouble in little china you know you're not gonna throw escape to la escape from la in there no i i i i'm I'm gonna be honest with you dude i barely like escape from new york i actually think escape from new york is pretty overrated that's crazy that movie kicks ass I mean, we could get into it on another day because I feel like Escape from New York deserves an episode all on its own. And it's one of those things where maybe I need to rewatch it and and I'll like it more. But I've given it several tries over the years. And it's like, in theory, that should be the best fucking movie ever. The concept of that movie is so fucking cool. But it's just like, it just, the pacing on that doesn't hit the way it does, the way the thing does. It's just like, it feels like really boring sometimes. Everything is filmed so the way it's like shot, everything is so dark. It's like actually hard to tell what's going on sometimes. Um, yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. I feel like it puts me to sleep. But the, speaking of that, the thing, the way it's filmed, the color grading, everything, it looks like so bleak and dark and cold, but not in a way where it's like, literally just like so dark that you can't see anything you know what i mean everything looks so fucking cool in this movie i love how the entire movie pretty much is so like blue and it's like blue and gray and these like really cold colors that i feel like kind of contribute to just like you know the weird like fucking arctic or antarctic isolation of the movie you know what i mean yeah the setting I, there's really something to be said about movies where the setting almost feels like a character itself. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it. That's another parallel with alien that we talked about. You know, the Nostromo feels like a fucking character in the movie. Same thing with this movie, like this weird fucking like research installation in the middle of the fucking tundra. It, it takes on a life of its own, you know? Yeah. It becomes so much more. It, uh, another thing about the color gradient in the movie is it really they don't like obfuscate the way that the thing looks you yeah. see they want you to, they want to show it off john carpenter wants you to see how fucked up it looks when someone's eyes explode out of their head while they're transforming yeah it's cool too because i feel like it's all so blue and gray that whenever there is either like blood or fire which there's a lot of fire in the movie too like you know they use a flamethrower as a weapon a lot and like there's like you know by the end everything is all fucking blown up and crazy but every time there is like blood or fire it pops so hard against the like kind of just like really cool colors like super like surgical colors almost you know what i mean yeah it the flamethrower too being the way to just totally annihilate the thing is really funny. Yeah. There's some pretty, pretty dope, uh, thing kills. I'm not even sure what, 
it, it feels so like redundant to just keep referring to it as the thing, but I mean, it's literally what it's called. Yeah, that's what it is. It's so sick, man. Uh, did you? One thing that I love about this movie is the ending. What? Just the two of them in the fucking helicopter? Well, the lead off to where three of them go into the basement looking for Wilford Brimley. Mm. Childs is nowhere to be seen. Everyone dies but McCready. Uh, he comes up and sees Childs. And you're left wondering, like, what, what, what's going on? Who's, who's the thing? Who's human? Yeah. And there's kind of like a, an unsaid, like, I don't trust you, but let's just freeze to death out here and see what happens. Yeah. It was just kind of like hit this point where like, especially McCready is just kind of like, fuck it, man. I'm over it. I don't even care anymore. (laughs) (laughs) There's a, there's a line in the movie where. They say, I forget who says it, but someone pretty much says, like, we've all been through a lot. We're all tired. Let's sit and think this over. And that doesn't happen. Yeah. They don't have any any moments of reprise. It's just constant, like. Insanity. This guy's infected. Now he's fucking up this guy. And this guy's yeah. fucking up this guy who isn't infected. They both weren't infected. But now someone else is infected. Yeah. I like that you don't really. You don't really know too how someone gets infected it's kind of like it seems like the thing just kind of like can touch you and it can happen that way or you touch it it doesn't even have to like harm you in any way like the dog infecting other people yeah Uh, and like it's again it goes back to what i was saying earlier it's like sometimes we don't need to know bro we don't i don't want to know backstory we don't need to know what happens after or like what led to it like just show us just enough to we can contextualize what's going on and just enjoy the fucking story for, for what it is. And like, that is kind of something that I feel like a lot of these movies that we talk about are like, you know, we, we've talked about fucking Godzilla and we've talked about fucking alien and like movies that are part of these like greater franchises and like, that's cool for what it is, you know? And like, but I feel like nowadays there's such a fucking impetus of everything to like there's this impetus because of the marvel movies and and like star wars and whatever to like make these movies into like a weird like blank verse and everything be like connected and have all this shit and it's like i appreciate you know that you know yeah there's a prequel for the thing but and there's a sequel video game and a comic but like it's not there's not so much it's just like you know you can just watch this fucking one movie and just enjoy it for what it is and not have to worry about it connecting into a bunch of shit, you know? I like that John Carpenter has gone on record numerous times that he is not interested in doing any sort of sequel or whatever. Yeah. I it he's such a underrated uh, maybe not underrated is not the right word, but he he has some stinkers, but I mean his run from like Halloween until Escape from LA is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not giving you Escape from LA, brother. That's not happening, but for the Bill sake of the damned is awesome. In the mouth of madness is very good. Sam Neill is awesome in it. I would love to do that for the pod because that's probably I, I would say In the Mouth of Madness is probably one of his last great movies. 
Uh, I've never seen it, but after you talked about it today, I was kind of researching it, and it looks pretty interesting. I would definitely like to watch it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, they Live is awesome. They, dude, They Live rocks. They Live is awesome. Prince of Darkness is fun. Big Side Trouble note. in Little China is fucking amazing. Yeah, that is a fun... I mean, I'm, I'm sure that by the time all is said and done and we're, you know, not doing this podcast anymore, we will have done at least a, a few John Carpenter movies. Yeah, I mean, he's done so much shit outside of horror movies, too, that, like, he's just, it's awesome. The Fog is fucking awesome, too. Um, Side note, you mentioned earlier that you were wondering if there was a a documentary about The Thing. Um, Yeah. There is, it came out in 1998. It's called The Thing, Terror Takes Shape. And it's it's just a, it says it's an in-depth look at the making of John Carpenter's cult classic sci-fi horror, The Thing. So, and I mean, yeah, that's on the watch list now. It's it's also it has three point eight on Letterbox. So, it's yeah, only, I mean the, the movie's so fascinating, man. The lore around the movie too, just being a fucking flop too. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so weird. I, I literally don't understand how because when you look at like other horror movies that were coming out like before, I guess this came out kind of right before like the big slasher craze started popping off. Mm-hmm. But it's not like horror movies weren't like a a thing yet. Like Halloween existed and that was you know critically awarded through throughout the years and it still is even though uh some people think it's not super great anymore. I think the that the first Halloween is still a masterpiece. My thing is, like I've said before, I'm not a huge horror guy, but the horror stuff that I do like tends to be like cosmic horror and sci-fi horror, especially like I love like old, like, you know, B-movie fucking like campy sci-fi horror movies. And that's just like, that's just what this is, just like done to such an extreme degree of fucking perfection that it just like, it's like this movie goes beyond being campy. It does all these campy things. But it's done so fucking well that you completely suspend the disbelief and it's like not ridiculous. It's just like awesome, you know? Yeah, it becomes a spectacle in a way. Um, You ever see The Faculty? No. So Robert Rodriguez did it who did like Spy Kids and shit like that. Um, It's kind of like the same movie. It's kind of like his homage to the thing where it's like these high schoolers find out that the teachers are infected with like this alien virus and they try to stop it. Is it any good? I like it a lot. I mean, I've seen it since I was a kid. Elijah Wood's in it. Oh, I like Elijah Wood. Yeah. Uh, John Stewart's in it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, It's just a 90s like uh, instead of a teen comedy or teen horror, it's a teen drama essentially or a horror movie. Interesting. Um, One other thing I did want to touch on too. Uh, one thing about this movie that helps so much is like the score is so fucking good too. Um, and it's done it's by minimal. Yeah. It, that, that like weird pulsing bass and stuff. It's like when it hits, it's like perfect. And it's not something that I would ever really listen to. Like, you know, I'm not going to sit there and listen to the thing soundtrack. Cause it's like so minimal and so like drony and like weird, but like, for the movie and setting the mood in the movie it's perfect and it's done by Ennio Morricone who I am you know I'm a gigantic spaghetti western guy that's like my shit outside of you know 
sci-fi and and stuff is like i've i fucking love spaghetti westerns my favorite movie in the whole world all-time number one favorite movie is the good the bad and the ugly ennio morricone did the score for that and that's like such an iconic fucking score you know you hear the 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 ecstasy of gold or the fucking you know the the theme song for the good the bad and the ugly and it's like you can instantly recognize those songs even if you've never seen the movie um and it's crazy that he did this because this just has such a totally different vibe than all of his like spaghetti western stuff that he's like really known for but it's still so good it just fits perfectly the soundtrack is so bomb to this movie yeah it's kind of like unnerving yeah it's just like weird like 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 kind of just like tense soundscapes almost you know it's i didn't realize this too i was just looking up the dude who did the soundtrack and didn't realize he did shit for the sopranos the simpsons yeah he's a legend bro dude this movie's so fucking good so you said your your favorite scene was the blood serum scene yeah absolutely that scene was so fucking cool it's so fucking sick oh man john carpenter is the i don't know maybe the godfather of horror movies i mean the thing is like this is a horror movie, but it does to me feel just as sci-fi as it does horror, you know, same kind of vibe as alien. I just feel like where alien is kind of like they give you the sci-fi and then they give you the horror. This movie is kind of like, Oh, it's kind of blended a little bit more seamlessly, you know? Yeah. You never know. You never know who could be the thing in this movie. You never know who's infected. You don't know. I mean, even on rewatches, there are times where I'm like, I've noticed characters doing stuff in the background. I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's weird that you can, like, if you just pan away from what's going on in the midst of, like, the everyone arguing, you can see somebody doing some devious type nature shit. Yeah. And you can, you can kind of guess as to who's the thing, but even then you might be wrong sometimes. I, this movie, if you haven't seen it and you've gotten this far in the episode, I hope you watched it before you, you listen to us kind of spoil it because it really, it, it, it demands to be watched it's so timeless. Yeah. And this is another movie too, where, like I said, if you're not a big horror person, cause I'm not, you can still watch it and love it. Cause I, I love this fucking movie. I'm the horror fanatic. And this is probably top five best horror movies ever made in my humble opinion. Dude, so good. So let me ask you this then you're going to hate this, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Because we are constantly talking about how similar they are. You, if you have to pick between the thing and Alien, what which one are you taking? Probably Alien. Yeah, I'd probably go with Alien. I mean, it's crazy too, thinking about the timeline in which Alien came out and then the thing, because it was only what like three or four years in between yeah. those two movies. Three, yeah. Uh... Yeah, crazy how three years from Alien you get the thing, which is somewhat of a similar vibe, like isolation, uh, not knowing what's going on or who to trust, and there being a, a alien kind of creature killing people. Yeah, they're so similar in vibe, but I like the more sci-fi space kind of shit. I do love Lovecraftian sort of horror that the thing brings the the madness bringing kind of horror like the more you look at it the more uh insane you go yeah i love that kind of reminds me of bloodborne we were talking about that the other day 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely take Alien over the thing too, but not by much. It's 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 close. It, yeah, it's definitely close. And I could see myself maybe picking the thing over Alien depending on the day of the week too. So, I will say, I'll say this: it's kind of crazy that we didn't get a Sigourney Weaver and Kurt Russell horror movie where they're in it together. Ah, dude, Ripley, Ripley and McCready. Kind of crazy. Let's go, dude. Actually insane that we didn't get a movie like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, anything else you want to say on this one before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, just a general summarization for me. Like, this is a perfect horror movie. The The practical effects still, everything looks crazy. Yeah. Uh, character motivations are straight up perfect. Like, everyone's doing something for themselves in the situation. They're not trying to work together. There's no helping another person out. There's just fuck everyone. It's me versus the 10 people that are here. Yeah. Uh I mean, I love John Carpenter. His music's awesome too. Yeah. I didn't even know he made music. That's uh, Oh, dude, he does like tours where he just make plays his own music. That's epic. Dude, he's awesome. John Carpenter fucking kicks ass. Yeah. And the thing kicks ass. Five stars. Five easiest five stars on Letterboxd next to Alien Aliens. Um Yeah, I mean, watch watch the fucking movie, bro, if you haven't. Please, please watch it and email us. <laughs> Let us know yeah. if you hate this movie and we'll just we won't read it, but we'll be upset. Yeah. Um yeah, so we uh again thanks to anybody who is you know this is episode four now thanks to anybody who's still listening and still rocking with it um you know i saw like a handful of people who like reviewed shogun assassin and said that they uh watched it because of checking out the pod which was fucking awesome and uh you know we're we're gonna we're we're going at a pretty good clip right now you know this is going to be the fourth episode in a row that we do week after week we're going to try to keep cranking them out weekly but you know if not weekly there may be a week or here or two that we miss for whatever reason but i'm I'm hoping we can keep it going weekly or at least bi-weekly for a while you know yeah I, i'm assuming the only way we won't be able to hit weekly is if we're on tour or some shit yeah um I, I know i got some shit coming up in the summer and i think you do too but that's yeah. that's later yeah that's neither here nor there hopefully we can just bank a shitload of episodes before we do and then we can just you know set them up yeah that'll be easy um, you want to give everyone a, a hint for, for next week's episode i like this recurring bit yeah uh so next week's episode um we are going to watch a movie that is based on an anime or based on a manga um but it's not like a new manga it's not a new movie and uh the wikipedia plot the wikipedia page for it says this is all you need to know to know the movie is going to be fucking badass is that it is known for being extremely brutal and highly unrealistic violence as well as its high camp factor and extremely poor English dubbing. So that, that sentence alone lets you know, the movie is uh, right up me and Dan's alley. Yep. We're going to be watching dragon ball evolution next week. Dude. I saw that movie in theaters. <laughs> me too. <laughs> at midnight. I saw it at theaters at midnight when it came out. And there were so many fucking Dragon Ball fans in there, and they were, dude, they were pissed off, bro. Dude, they fucked, they butt fucked Piccolo. 
Yeah, 100%. <laughs> My God. Anyways, yeah, so we are not doing Dragon Ball Evolution next episode, but uh, <laughs> we're doing a we're doing a, a movie that kind of has a vibe of if uh, Dragon Ball Evolution was uh, was good and was a, a very outrageous uh, Kung Fu splatter movie. So there you I go. I haven't seen it yet. This, this movie that we we're talking about yet. So I'm really excited to get, you're going to love it. I'm I'm literally going to hang up the call right now and watch it, rewatch it. So same. Let's go. All right, brother. Well, thanks. Thanks again, everybody for listening. Um, this is us signing off. Peace. Peace. Don't forget to, uh, Follow the Instagram page. Don't forget to email us. Send us fan mail. All that bullshit. Yeah. Like, subscribe. Tell your uncle. That's right. Yeah. Send us emails. Send us Instagram DMs. Ask us questions. We'll read them. Maybe we'll uh, just read a couple here and there at the beginning of some episodes. Or maybe we'll we'll wait and uh, do a mailbag episode. But just fucking send them and we'll use them. We'll, they'll, they'll make it on the pod. Yeah. Thank you again. Shout out to From Within. From Within. All right. Peace, y'all. See ya.